this teaching out tonight. I know you all like to worship, but we got to get the teaching out. Got to have a balance. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Lord, I thank you. I thank you. Wasn't the testimonies awesome? I didn't hear one amen. Wasn't the testimonies awesome? Come on. I like what Tori was saying in part of her testimony uh, about instruction. Is better than silver and gold. This teaching might be a little tough, but it's going to be instruction. Because, you know, we're on the verge of Jesus coming back. And he wants us ready. He wants you purged. He wants you ready. And he wants you watching. Watching. And it's amazing how we can keep our eyes on people. Well, maybe we should be looking up. He has me teaching on three things. I'm going to move pretty quickly if the guys can stay up with me on the scriptures back there. I'm going to teach on the difference between being cleansed and washed. And how worship and the tithes and offerings are connected to his appearing. Isn't that the two areas that the devil challenges us the most on? Is worship and tithes and offerings? I said, Lord, why is that? He's so busy with worship and, and tithes and offerings. He said, because those two things are tied to my coming. And number three, the difference between his appearing and his coming. There's a difference. Let's look at Malachi 3.1. You guys kind of stay up with me. Get ahead of me a little bit. You have the scriptures ready. Malachi 3.1. Behold, I send my messenger, and he shall prepare the way before me. And the Lord, the Messiah, whom you seek, will suddenly come to his temple, the messenger or angel of the covenant whom you desire and behold. Now, what he was talking about in this verse was John the Baptist. He was prophesying John the Baptist. He's a, he was a messenger of the kingdom coming. Today, your messengers are apostles. They're sent. They're messengers sent with a message. And they shall prepare the way, it says, for the Lord to come to his temple. To his temple. So we got we to gotta keep this in mind. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the Holy Spirit in this temple. But the Lord wants to come to the temple. Is what he's saying. And the only way the Lord can come to this temple is through transformation. 
and the renewing of the mind. Otherwise, we won't be able to stand in his appearing. So let's look at 1 Corinthians 3.16. Do you not discern and understand that you are the whole church at, at Corinth are God's temple, his sanctuary, and that God's spirit has his permanent dwelling in you to be at home in you. And, you know, the kingdom message is about getting the king in the temple. The king in the temple. We got the Holy Spirit at, at regeneration and our rebirth, but the kingdom message is getting the king in the temple. And you are the temple. So let's look at Malachi 3, 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? We can barely endure his trials right now. We can barely endure his testings right now. Isn't it true? You know why that is? Because there's just so much flesh in the temple. And Yolanda said it right. You know, we hadn't had enough teaching. All of us want to get it right. But we've got to have the teaching to be able to get it right. And we have to understand that there's seven layers of revelation on every scripture. And see, the AIDS church, Pastor Mike says, I always look at him when I, I say AIDS church. But I say. <laughs> He's the one being picked on now. Carrie was the last one, I think. I think Carrie. <laughs> but the AIDS church teaches and preaches on the first level. They never get to the second level. Because the first level introduces G, uh, the Holy Spirit in you. The rest of the levels introduce the Father and the Lord himself in your temple. And man, what a difference. What a difference that is when they come. So 1 Corinthians, let's see, where am I at? Malachi 3, 2. So his appearing is different from his coming. His appearing is different from his coming. You've got to keep this separated. I'm going to teach you on this tonight. So his appearing is for those who are watching. Keep that in mind. That's how you're going to know the difference. For those who are watching. And we call that the bridal mindset. Within the mind of Christ, there's five mindsets that you have to progressively move to one mindset to the other. So that's the church mindset, the slave mindset, the kingdom mindset, the bridal mindset, and the glory mindset. And the Lord gave me a teaching on that, and you really should get that CD or get the teaching and start meditating on it. So his appearing is for those who are watching. Not everyone is watching, so everyone won't be going. Man, oh man, I feel his heart. We just don't realize how close it is to his coming. We're so close. 
And one of the signs of him being so close is the apostolic ministries. The apostolic ministry laid the foundation and the apostolic ministries are going to bring him back. Not everyone is going, remember the ten virgins, the story of the ten virgins? And some of them had more oil than the other ones. And then when the Lord appeared, what happened? The other ones wanted the other one's oil. And they said, no, we, you, we got our own oil. Go get your own oil. It's too late then. See, see, the reason the apostolic is so focused on worship, because it's filling you up with oil. It's filling you up with oil. Say together, I'm not in that group. I'm not in the group that's not a worshiper. His appearing is for his bride. His appearing is different from his coming. We've got to keep this mindset. He's coming for a bride. He's coming for a bride. Not everyone will be a bride. And the reason not everyone will be a bride, even though Christ wants everyone to be a bride, is because the bride is not in your temple. You see, the bride has to be formed in your temple. The bride is formed through transformation and the renewing of the mind. So we have a temple without a bride. We have a temple with the Holy Spirit in it. But we don't have a bride in the temple yet. Brides are supposed to be in the church, right? Don't you, when you get married, you usually go to the church. The bride is supposed to be in the temple. This move of God is taking a body to being a bride. And there's reasons why you have to go through stuff. And I'm going to teach on that a little bit. So don't, you got to take this on. You have to, you, I want to be a bride and not a guest of honor. You want to be a bride and not a guest of honor. You want to be a bride and not a best man. Because some best men never get married. His appearing is for those who are watching, Pastor Mike. Those who are watching. What are they watching for? Whatever your mind is set on, that is what you're watching. What's your mind set on? Is, it, is your mind set on something that you're lacking? Then you're not watching. I'm teaching you a bridal mindset. We're coming in from a, we're leaving a kingdom mindset, most of us are. Some of us are coming along because you're new here, to a bridal mindset. And this is how a bridal mindset thinks. Those who are watching must be able to read the signs of the times. Let's look at Matthew 24, 314. Look at these signs. Now, as he sat on the Mount of Olives, the disciples came to him privately saying, tell us when these signs, when these things will be and what will be the sign of your coming and the end 
And Jesus answered and said to them, Take heed that no one deceive you, for many will come in my name, saying, I am the Christ, and, and will deceive many, and you will hear wars and rumors of wars. So see that you are not troubled, for all these things must come to pass, but the end is not yet. For the nation will rise against nation, and kingdom against kingdom, and there will be famines and pestilences and earthquakes in various places, and all these are the beginning of sorrow. Then they will deliver you up to tribulation and kill you, and you will, make, you will be hated by all nations for my name's sake. And then they will be offended. We can stop right there. <laughs> we can stop right there. Who's been offended? They will betray one another and will hate one another. Then many false prophets will rise up and deceive many. And because lawlessness will abound, the love of money and the, the love of many will grow cold. He's talking about his church. What's that? Go ahead. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. So he's telling us we're not even saved yet. We were rescued. There's a difference between being rescued and being saved. Because you got to keep being saved. You don't have to keep being born again, but you got to keep being saved. There's always something that we need rescued from. We got to be rescued from ourselves, from fears, angers, perversion, offenses, betrayal, all these things. But he who endures to the end shall be saved. And this gospel of the kingdom will be preached in all the world as a witness to all the nations. And then what happens? The end comes. Now I want you to notice something in this verse. He didn't say this gospel of salvation will be preached. He said the kingdom. If you're in an apostolic ministry or those who are in apostolic ministries, all you're going to hear is about the kingdom. And that's how you know that the end is near. His coming is near. So all these signs have been met except that one. The kingdom has not been preached in all the world. So, so God has remnants like this that he's training in secret that will be displayed to the world. And these remnants will do 1,000 times more than the AIDS church could ever do. Why is that? Because they're carrying his glory, not just his anointing, but his person, his glory. Verse 14 says, the gospel of the kingdom will be preached. Listen, a sign never points to itself. <laughs> a sign never points to itself. 
It always points to what's ahead. So it's not about me. Me, me, me. Why am I going through this? I asked the Lord, I don't know how many times, why me? He said, why not? Why not you? Those who are watching are able to read the signs. So verse 10, let's go back to verse 10 in Matthew 24, 10. And then many will be offended, will betray one another, and will hate one another. This is the aged church mindset. This is how you know someone is in the aged church and never transitioned over because they couldn't obey the instructions. That's why I thought Tori, when she said instruction, I said, wow, she's got it right there. She's got it. People are growing cold. You have to be dead to be cold. I taught this to the boys. When was it, Monday? So they're still burning from it. But I couldn't, I, I taught them for two hours. And um, so I had to really condense this to get it out. We have a cold, we have cold, dead churches. The Lord says they're frozen in flesh. So regarding his appearing is for those who are what? Watching. His appearing is for the bride who is watching. His coming, everyone will see. Let's look at Matthew 3, 2. But who can endure the day of his coming? Who can stand when he appears? For he, he is like a refiner's fire and a launderer's soap. I asked one of the boys for a piece of soap a little while ago, and nobody could find a bar of soap around here for me so I could use it because I was going to take the Bible. And when, it, when you open up the Bible and you start reading it, that's seeking the kingdom. And you seek that kingdom until the king is revealed. And when the king is revealed, the first thing he's going to do is hand you a bar of soap. That's the first thing that revelation is doing. That's what revelation is. He's going to hand you a bar of soap. It's time to be cleansed. It's time to be washed. Amen. So every time that scripture pops off the page, don't get too excited. How many had soap in their mouth before? Because sometimes it's, it's, it's a bitter process, but it turns out great. I don't want to lose my place here. Let's see, four or five. I'm going to put these over here. So in this verse, his appearing and his coming is made clear. But look who God starts with in his refining and his washing. Let's look at Malachi 3.3. 3. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver, and he will purify the priest, the sons of Levi, and refine them as gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord offerings in righteousness. Isn't that powerful? 
So where, who, who, who are the people that he's going to refine and purify first? The Levite priest. The Levite priest. The Levite priest in the New Testament are the fivefold office. The apost- so don't get excited about being an evangelist or pastor or teacher. Because believe me, the ones that have been up here have been through the fire. <laughs> pastor Mike. Apostle, prophet, evangelist, pastor, and teacher. These are your modern day Levitical priest but in also the new testament we're all priest amen so he's gonna he's gonna refine us all and purify us all but he starts with the fivefold and listen it can be so easy to take a bath and let him wash you how many of you mothers took your child and tried to give him a bath at two years old? Screaming, kicking. No, I don't want a bath. Right? It doesn't have to be that way. All you have to do is follow the instructions. And you won't even know you, that you've been bathed. Because it's happening from the inside out. He will purify the priest, the son, the sons of Levi first. See, the sons of Levi were the priest of that tribe back in those days. But God clearly has specified here that Levites would be the first to be processed to purity. Processed to purity. Malachi 3.3. 3. I want to read this again. He will sit as a refiner and a purifier of silver... And he will purify the priests, the sons of Levi, and refine them like gold and silver that they may offer to the Lord offerings in righteousness. So if you've got your Bible, you need to underline offer offerings in righteousness. There's something about that. I'm going to connect this for you. So if the Levites aren't purged, their church will never be purged. So if the fivefold is not purged, the church will never be purged. Before he appears, there is a refining and a cleansing. Then the gospel, the kingdom will be preached. And the end will come. So when you come through these doors or any other apostolic remnant ministry, there's going to be a refining. There's going to be a cleansing. And if you'll just listen to the instructions of everybody that's already been through it, you won't have to go what they went through. There is something or someone that has to be purged from your life. Something or someone that has to be purged from your life before the Lord returns. How many of y'all experienced purging? Pastor Mike were on the phone a few weeks ago and and he 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 was sick or something. You had something, wasn't it? And and uh he said, Gene, did is it that I'm doing something wrong that I'm sick like this and I'm doing something wrong? And I said, No, the Lord is purging you. 
And when I said it, fire shot through the phone. <laughs> and we both got it off in tongues and couldn't get out of it for a while. There's such a strong anointing on the word purge. Now listen, the purging of the church and the fivefold ministries has a lot to do with the transfer of wealth from the wicked. I'll let that sing in a minute. Everyone in here is supposed to be wealthy at some level. That's what the Bible says. How many of you want to be wealthy? Everybody want to be wealthy, okay. Because if God, God is not going to transfer wealth to another group of wicked people. That's why we hadn't received it. There's still some wickedness in us. Even though the Holy Spirit's in here. Wickedness, the Bible says enemies are in the mind that alienate us from God. Enemies in the mind. You ever hear those voices talking to you? He has to purge the wickedness from the Levites, his fivefold, and the church before he returns. Because you can't preach, and that's why a lot of pastors and ministers don't preach on the kingdom. Because they haven't been purged. They haven't been cleansed. They haven't been washed. They've been regenerated. He has to purge what's wrong in us. He has to purge what's wrong in us. The difference between being cleansed and washed is this. Cleansed means you're cleansed by the blood. You're cleansed by the blood of Jesus. When you're cleansed by the blood, your mind changes because the blood travels. And most of our, our, of our church as a whole has too many blood clots. So the blood's not traveling. It's all clogged up right here. The blood clots in the, in the mind. Pockets. So the blood cleanses and the word washes. So the blood changes the mindset. The word brings the fruit of the changed mindset. So to clean with soap, he says, to carry by the movement of water. Soap is no good without water. See, there's a lot of soap in the church, but no water. Or a lot of water and no soap. Any apostolic ministry that you come to is a water ministry. Yes, it will do some seed planting, but it is primarily a water ministry. So when you come through the doors of an apostolic church, you've got a lot of seed in you, right? But you're miserable because the seed never got watered. What waters the seed is the Holy Spirit connected to the revelation. God says one plants, one what? Waters, 
And what happens? And what happens after that? What's the next scripture? Where's my fivefold? Huh? What is it? And each one, come on, and each one will receive a gift according to his works. So feelings have nothing to do with truth. Why is that? Feelings have nothing to do with truth. That's why we have an emotional bride full of feelings. Wearing their feelings on their shirt. What do they say on the shirt? Shirt sleeves. You just say the list little, little thing. They're totally offended. That's an emotional bride. Why is that? Because they've never heard truth. Revelatory truth. Another layer off the scripture. Feelings have nothing to do with truth because truth is absolute. It has no expiration date. It has no expiration date. So there's a cleansing and a washing going on. Anything we repent from, God gives God permission to move in and wash. If there's no repentance, there's no washing. How many, how many things in your life have you been believing God for but have not come to the maturity of it? Why is that? You know how you can believe God for some things and... And then it comes. Some things come. But there's some things that will not come because it's tied to your cleansing. I'm trying to do this slow so that you can get this. There's some things that just won't come because it's tied to your cleansing. Certain things we have faith for and get them but there are certain things will never come. And wealth is one of them. When we resist the word, we resist the cleansing. When we resist instruction, we resist the cleansing. Anytime you hear instruction, Jesus is saying, here's, here's the soap. Let me wash you so you won't have to go through this again. Once Jesus washes you, you don't get dirty from the same thing again. Because it's what? Indeed. It's a final cleansing. Malachi 3, 4, and 5. 3, 4, Malachi chapter 3, verse 4 and 5. Stay up with me, guys. I got a lot to get out. It says, then the offering of Judah and Jerusalem will be pleasant to the Lord, as in the days of old, as in the former years, and I will come near you for judgment. I will be swift, a, a swift witness against sorcerers, adulterers, perjurers, against those who exploit wage earners and widows and orphans, and against those who turn away an alien 
because they do not fear me. We have a church that doesn't fear the Lord. We have a church that loves the Lord but doesn't fear him. There's a big difference. It says, then the offering will be pleasing to the Lord. Everyone who does not honor me, when there's no washing, there's no cleansing, and there's no fear of the Lord. When there's no washing and no cleansing, there's no fear of the Lord. It's amazing how we avoid cleansing and washing. And the fear of the Lord is a spirit that's trying to come on you so it can do it for you. And the fear of the Lord, the definition of the fear of the Lord is to hate evil. So that's a spirit that comes on you to hate evil because that's all we know, right? Even coming into the church, we still know a lot of evil. So the church has gotten saved but never got changed. So when there's no fear of the Lord, it lifts and there is no restraint of evil in your life. There's no restraint of evil in your life when there's no fear of the Lord. So in the day of Malachi, the priests were corrupt. What's corrupting the priest today? What's corrupting the fivefold ministries today? Who can answer that? What's corrupting the fivefold ministries today? The flesh. The flesh. The perversion of truth. Listen, this is gonna this is, might make your head turn around one time. But make sure that it turns back around straight. That it don't end up backwards or sideways. God is peace, but peace isn't God. God God is love, but love isn't God. I know what y'all are thinking. He's done lost his mind. I know what y'all are thinking. He, that's one of those false prophets that were up there. On the, one of those false teachers. <laughs> God is peace, but God, but peace is not God. So in other words, don't make your peace God. Don't make your love for people God. Did y'all get it? Okay. God is grace. You hear all these testimonies? That's nothing but the grace of God in operation. It's nothing but the grace of God in operation. We don't deserve what he gives us. And when he does give us something, man, it just makes us not to want to do that anymore. Amen? Because it's his goodness that leads us to what? Think differently. And God has been so good to people in this ministry, buying cars, two cars at a time, three cars at a time. We should not look back. It grieves his heart. 
There's a wind blowing in the church today, and it's called perverted truth. And the ministers don't even realize they're preaching it. Because the church has licensed lifestyles that are not of God. We preach the God of a second chance. But the pastor's been married ten times. That's true. And some of them are married to the other man. This is perverted truth. This is where the fear of the Lord has lifted. And there's no restraint for evil. What gives you authority is integrity. Keep that in mind. What gives you authority in, in, the, in, the, in the church is integrity. The church has lost authority because of lack of integrity in finances. I didn't, I didn't know church people were so broke when I started teaching the word. I thought everybody was the same. Then when I started teaching the word and hearing everybody's problems, I said, my God, where's everybody been? We're not supposed to be that way. I'm going to give you the answer tonight. Malachi 3.6. Let's look at this. For I am the Lord, I do not change. That is why, O sons of Jacob, are not consumed. What does Jacob mean? Backslidden. A trickster. A manipulator. Someone who tricks people to in order to justify themselves this is a Jacob spirit that has come on somebody they are now sons of Jacob instead of sons of God the reason they're not consumed by God is because he doesn't change his love will never change for you or me I can mess up tomorrow, and his love will never change. His love will never change. It's his truth that gets us where we need to be. Repentance allows God to change your name from Jacob to Israel. When Jacob's name was changed, what happened? He came to an end to his destiny. When his name was changed from Jacob to Israel, he came into his destiny. So if we've backslidden, if we're a trickster, if we're a manipulator, then we have to know that God wants to change your name tonight. So you can enter into your destiny. So when God says, Jacob, you are no longer aligned with your destiny. All right, did we get that part of this? All right, worship, tithes and offerings are connected to his appearing. And the area of the church, the biggest problem in churches is their finances. And you know why? 
This is why. Because there's debt on the church. We will never have debt on a building because it passes on to the people. It's a spirit that flows down from the head right down to the people. It's an anointing for debt. God's anointing is for wealth, not debt. But that same anointing, once you take on your mindset that I'm debt-free, even though you might be in debt because you were deceived, if you take on the mindset that I'm debt-free, I get it. I'm not supposed to be in debt. You release that anointing. That's why God, Jesus, that's why God cancels debt. I don't know how many people the Lord has used me to cancel people's debts. Because they took on the mindset, I'm not supposed to have debt. Because where there's debt, it's the best part of God that we've never experienced. That's why the devil's so busy with it. We have broke churches. We have uh, churches that uh, live from paycheck to paycheck. God never told you to live from paycheck to paycheck. He said, seek first my kingdom and my righteousness, and I will add everything to you. Since Yolanda and her husband came in here, they've been seeking the kingdom. They've been making the transition, and God started adding to them. And it was debt-free. They could have paid off that $600 note, or whatever it was that they were coming to get the car if they didn't pay $600. But if they would have paid the $600 or borrowed the $600, the debt on the car would have never been released. See, we make promises to God, but when we, He fulfills a desire, we don't do what we said we would do with it, which is a vow. And God says, I take no pleasure in fools. So until your pocket is saved, you're not saved. And God has given us so much revelation in this ministry so that your pocket could be saved. And it's simple. I've experienced it. I know what it, how it works. Until your pocket is delivered, you're not completely free, right? We become a frozen asset. Don't you hate it when the bank freezes your assets? You can't do nothing when you're supposed to have dominion. Why? Because the whole revelation of Christianity began with a gift. And his name is Jesus Christ. I feel the Lord in this place. God so loved us that he gave. Listen. God gave his tithe and his offering before you were even born for your redemption. Jesus was slain before time, wasn't he? Isn't that what the word says? The lamb was slain before time, before the world was even created. Jesus was slain. 
God had already invested in you before you were even born, before he even created time in the universe. So God measures us on what we will release back to him. That's what he measures, what we will release back to him. Listen, God trusts you to the degree that you've been purged. And how you know you've been purged, you don't think that way anymore. <laughs> you think kingdom. You think kingdom now. Purge, the definition of purge means to cause something to leave the body. I don't know how many demons have come out on this carpet up here. I'm trying to mess up my new carpet. <laughs> it must have a stain guard or something on it. That's a purging. That's a purging. And that's how you know you're in the true apostolic. Is you're going to experience a purging. But thank God, you will never have to go back to that. You'll never have to experience what came out of you again. That's the blessing. So when, he, we, when we hold on to something that's not ours, it's considered theft. Let's look at Malachi 3.7. Even from the days of your, of your fathers, you have turned aside from my ordinances and have not kept them. Return to me and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. But you say, how shall we return to you? Think it, let's, let's think about that. The Lord in this verse is introducing relationship. He's saying, you return to me and I'll return to you. He's introducing relationship. Let's look at 3.8. Will a man rob or defraud God? Yet... You have robbed and defrauded me, but you say, in what way have we robbed and defrauded you? Defrauded you, and you have withheld the tithes and the offerings. Let's look at verse 9. You are cursed with a curse, for you are robbing me, this whole nation. This is the only verse in the whole Bible that he says, a curse with a curse. So I asked the Lord, what is that? He said, it's a double portion. He said, I came to give you life and more abundant life. When a curse comes and a double portion, it comes to give a curse and more abundant curse. So the definition of a curse is this, that you are empowered to fail. It's exempt from life. So there's an anointing on a curse that empowers you to fail and none of us want to fail it's in us to not want to fail but we can just almost get to that thing and all hell just breaks loose and and i fall short of the very thing that i thought i was going to embrace it's an anointing from hell it's called a curse How shall we return to the Lord, he says, with tithes and offerings? So you see the tithe and the offering is connected to restoring relationship with him. And see, the apostolic is all about bringing you into relationship with him before anybody else.
before anybody else. So let's look at Malachi 3.10 in the Message Bible. Begin by being honest. Do honest people rob God? But you rob me day after day. You ask, how have we robbed you? The tithe and the offering, that's how. And now you're under a curse, the whole lot of you, because you're robbing me. Bring your full tithe and the temple of treasury so there will be ample provisions in my temple. Test me in this and see if I don't open up heaven itself to pour out blessings beyond your wildest dreams. See, when I first opened this ministry, the Lord told me not to teach on giving, not to teach on tithes, not to teach on offerings because they've been so abused by leaders because of the tithe and the offering that that's all they want is the tithes and the offering because they've been misused. They've been misappropriated. So I know for years, at least three or four years, I didn't teach on tithes and offerings. I didn't teach on giving. And then the Lord finally told me to go ahead and start teaching on it. He said, return to me, and I will return to you. Let's look at, um, let's hold up right there a minute. The tithe. When he says, let's go back to the spirit-filled or the amplified version in 310. Bring all the tithes, the whole tenth of your income, into the storehouse. It's amazing God's only asking for a tenth. I was telling the guys, I said, he's just asking for a tenth. Why don't you give him 90% and keep the ten? That's what he taught me. Because my 90% that I kept, I mean my 10% that I would keep now, is more than the 90% that I kept before. We have to understand this, that Jesus came to reverse everything that was in the garden. When Adam and Eve fell, every time they picked a fruit off the tree, the fruit grew back like that. There was no seed time harvest. That's the glory realm. And was it Amos that said that the, the, the people would be, be taken over by the reapers before they even get a chance to sow the blessings coming on them? So there'll be a time where you won't sow anymore because of your inheritance. Adam didn't sow. Jesus is the second Adam. He came as a life-giving spirit to, to, to restore life back to that garden. And this is the garden. My soul, my mind is this garden. So what does the tithe do for us? When he says, I will open up the windows of heaven. Th that's twofold. It says, I open up the windows of heaven and pour out. So the tithe is connected to the window. The offering is connected to the pouring out. And most of us give 10% and say, that's the t my tithe and offering. You ain't got it right. It's not, it's not working for you. <laughs> Isn't that true? I used to do it. It's amazing how God can milk us into something. 
Because I would have thought, man, i got to give 10% and more. I, I'm not going to do this. So he let me in my ignorance let the 10% be the offering too. And because of my ignorance, there was grace. There was grace. So listen, the tithe opens you up. When he says I open up the window, you are the window of heaven to this earth. So when you give your tithe, he's opening you up. So what does that mean? The tithe opens you up to receive revelation, to receive new ideas, to receive witty inventions, to receive a relationship with him. But it's all locked up in the spirit because it's the offering that pushes it out. And that's why most church people can't receive revelation. It flies over the head like a jet airplane. They can't receive it. And then you see some of them, you see the lights going on. Boom, boom, boom. All the lights are getting brighter and brighter and brighter. I said, those are the ones that got it right. They got their tithe in place. God is saying, because of the tithe, I will open you up to receive. I can tell you so many testimonies of that business next door of how God opened me up and let me see things in the spirit. Even bid numbers that I was supposed to bid these buildings by. And it got to the point my competition didn't want to even bid against me because we got most of the work. Revelation connects you to new ideas, inventions, opportunities, and, and relationship. So 10% of all income is the tithe. Now, it's very important to know what the number 10 means. The number 10 means the fullness of time. The number 7 means what? Completion. Number 10 means the fullness of time. Number 12 means what? Government. So in the fullness of time, Jesus comes to his temple. Remember the first verse? He said he's coming to his temple. He came to man in the fullness of time. Remember? Well, man couldn't help himself anymore. He came. In the fullness of time. So 10% of the tithe is connected to his coming. Are you seeing how the tithe is connected to his coming? When you are in relationship with him through the tithe, you will not have to go through what everybody else goes through. I always wonder why a lot of Christians go through so much. And I don't have to. Even though that we're the same. God loves us the same. It's because of the tithe. And I wanted to be on the safe side and go beyond 10%. In fact, I don't, most of the time, I don't know what my salary is going to be. 
because I don't draw money from the ministry or that business for since 2008. So I draw from my portfolio, and you never know what's going to come. And I struggle with that. How can I, what do I my tithe on? And the Lord said, don't tithe on what you see. How do you say it? Don't tithe on what you're looking at. Tithe on what you see. Abraham saw far off. There's a number out there in the spirit that he wants you to see. To tithe on that number that he can bring the abundance in. So I tithe on what I see. And I'm safe. Your economy will change. God is, listen, God has coveted with you. Coveted to your house to make sure that you will always have because of that tithe. He said, I'll open up the windows of heaven when, when we have a lot of things open and stuck in the spirit. There's a lot of things in my spirit and in your spirit that's stuck. A new idea, a, a revelation, a witty invention. I don't know how many Christians have come to me and, and asked me about what I do about this invention. Well, God's not going to tell me what to do about it. It's your invention. So there's something you're not doing. Right? Anytime we have to look to man for anything, we've just gotten off course. The tithe opens you up. Releases things into your spirit. Coming out of the third heaven. The offering causes God to pour out on you. Now listen. He said he would pour out, not pour in. When he opens up the windows, he's pouring in. When you, when you pay your offering, he's pouring out. Does that make sense? Put Deuteronomy, I think it's 28.8. Maybe 28.8. The Lord shall command the blessing upon you in your storehouse and all that you undertake, and he will bless you in the land the Lord God has given you. Look at this verse. Everything I undertake. Some, put the, another verse up. I mean another, another version up. Here it is. The Lord will command the blessing on you in your storehouses. That's your bank accounts in this day. And all to which you put your what? Hand to. So I put my hand on my wife. She's going to be blessed. I put my hand on, on uh, our, our business. It'll be blessed. Whatever I put my hand to, it will be blessed. Why? Because he has poured out the anointing. And the anointing flows through the hand. Creation comes from the mouth. So when God, when you give him your offering, he's pouring out an anointing to bless the works of your hands. Now, blessed means, here's the definition of blessed. Who remembers? To be empowered to prosper and succeed and reach my goal. Just like Chris gave a testimony. He didn't know what to do when he came into this ministry. And God gave him an idea. 
And the idea was Blades of Glory, a lawn care business. So he's, he's, he was faithful on that. And the Lord, I went into worship one day, and the Lord said, change that thing from Blades of Glory to, to Lion Lawn Care. Lion Cares. And now look what, what's happened. His business is, is, is just moving. You're going to have to work for him. And you've got to operate in faith. Because now God challenges faith. We've we got to stop looking at what's written. We've got to look at what's coming. All right, Chris? So the offering causes God to pour out what's locked up. God fills from within. He pours out from without. Ties open you up, and the offering pours out to you. Where's that one in Deuteronomy 8, I think it is? Um, is it 12? Deuteronomy 8, 12? Here it is, 818. And you shall remember the Lord God. How many times have we forgotten him when we got a new car? <laughs> For it is he who gives you power to get wealth. He's talking about you. Power to get wealth that he may establish his covenant which, with you that he swore to the forefathers as it is today. He's saying today. There's something in this verse that we need to catch. Wealth is connected to you being established in this kingdom. Amen? We can be in the kingdom of God, but not be established yet. In other words, we can be in the kingdom of God and have not have not received the benefits of that kingdom, which is wealth. Wealth is connected to his covenant. When he says the forefathers, he's talking about Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. They were the wealthiest men in that time. Amen? So, some of us need a pouring out to release what's locked up. The offerings de determines what God will pour out to you, and it's a measure. Some theologians say it's 3% for the offering, and they say it's in the Bible. I haven't found it yet, but it's there. I don't trust anything I hear. I trust what I've sought. So when I seek the Lord, he said, just be led by the Spirit. So I'm always led by the Spirit in my offerings. And what the offering is saying to God is this. Thank you. That's what an offering is. It's saying thank you. Jesus said my return will be 30, 60, 100 fold. Amen. 30, listen, we're happy if we get 5% return. Aren't we? Jesus says the minimum is 30%. So if we're not receiving the minimum, then we should see what happened. I got off somewhere on my tithes and offerings and the understanding of it. So why is God addressing this revelatory layer tonight? 
Why is he addressing us tonight? Because he said we're living in times that aren't safe. We're living in times right now that aren't safe. The economy could go just like that. But for the people of God, when the economy goes just like that, we should be going just like this. The release of debt of the tithe and offering is at hand tonight. The New Testament Levite has the, uh, oh, the, Jesus, you're so good. In the Old Testament, the Levites, when you didn't pay your tithes, you would have to come to the Levite priest and tack on 30% interest. Did y'all know that? It's in Levit Leviticus, I believe. But whoever they, they didn't pay the tithe back in the Old Testament days, it was 30% interest. On that. You'd never be able to pay that tithe off because interest compounds. But in the New Testament, the Levites, the fivefold office, the Lord said they have the power to release that debt. And that's what the Lord's going to do tonight. To release the debt. A debt that's not forgiven stands before the face of God regarding me and you. A debt that's not forgiving, forgiven stands before the face of God regarding me and you. So what we don't give testifies to God against us. But it doesn't change his love towards us. So his appearing is different from his coming. He's coming in the clouds. He said, I'm coming in the clouds, plural. Let's look at Mark 13, 26 and 27. Then they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds with great power and glory. And then he will send his angels and gather together his elect from the four winds, from the farthest parts of the earth to the farthest part of heaven. Don't you want to be in the picking? I want to be one of the picking that he picks his elect. How do you form a cloud? Worship. So he's coming on your worship. If you're not a worshiper, he's not coming for you. It didn't say he was coming on a cloud. It said he's coming on clouds. He's coming on your worship. He's coming on your worship. And only the Father in heaven knows how many clouds it's going to take for him to step out. I feel that every time I do that, I feel it. My Lord Jesus. He's coming in the clouds. The reason he hasn't come is because there's not sufficient worship in the church. There's entertainment in the church. Not, a, not, not enough worship to build the cloud. Revelation 1-7. I'm almost finished. Praise God, I'm getting this out. Behold, he is coming with clouds, and every eye will see him, even those who pierced him. 
And all the tribes of the earth shall gaze upon him and beat their breast and mourn and lament and weep. So not every eye that sees him is going to be received by him. That's why they're beating their chest and mourning and lamenting and weeping. Listen, we need to take this serious tonight about our worship, about our cleansing, about our washing. When God gives me a message like this, this don't come from nobody but a third heaven experience. He's talking to this people. He's talking to this leader. Ephesians 1.10. He planned for the maturity of the times and the climax of the ages to unify all things and head them up and consummate them in Christ, both things in heaven and both things in the earth. Everything is going to be capitalized in Christ. Everything. So God is about to do something very new in the earth that he's never done before. And we're going to be a part of it. Because of true worship, the true tithe, the true offering, and the cleansing and the washing. If you can just get those things down, you're going to make it. You're going to make it. We're going to make it together. So when God's ready to expand you and you're not ready, everyone sees your flaws. And the reason we weren't ready because we didn't follow the instruction the day before or the week before, the month before. But there's a time that God, it's written in the book. He can't stop it. He's going to expand you. Now you can be expanded and nobody would know it because you followed instructions. <laughs> or you can be expanded and everybody knows about your flaws. Amen. And apostolic ministry is all about instruction because the church isn't doing it. The church is preaching, not teaching. You'll never learn anything from preaching. You learn from teaching. So he says, return to me and I will return to you. And I will open up and pour out what's locked up in you because of the anointing I'm going to send upon you. And I will forgive your debt, the tithe and the offering that wasn't in place either by just rebellion or just pure ignorance. There's times when God just says, do it now. Let's do it now. So if you've missed tithes and offerings, that, get, that can be relieved tonight. And all it is is a prayer. I'm going to pray over you while you're standing up. That's it. Do you see how the tithe and the offering is connected to his coming? Because the tithe and the offering give you the power to create wealth. To what? To get the kingdom out to the outer parts of the earth. You see what I'm saying? Wouldn't be it be nice for one of y'all to to buy a jet or buy buy this? You don't have to be smart to have wealth. 
You're looking at one of the dumbest guys in the world right here. I was dumb. I was a drug dealer. I was an alcoholic. Gave my last $12,000 to Sister Powers over there on Duran Avenue, and I just noticed she has a five-fold hand standing up between <laughs> on her sign. She actually has a hand. And it says, Sister Powers, that you've seen it? Well, I know one thing. The last two years, every time I ride by there, the Lord commands me to shut her down. And she's gone. For sale signs on the building, she's gone. She's out of that place because she took the wrong person in. She took the wrong person. Had Jesus on a statue and Mary on a statue, and I said, my God, I'm in the right place. It's amazing how you can be deceived when you're lost. <laughs> I was looking for instruction. I got to have instruction. Praise the Lord. Cleansing, washing. The blood cleanses you. The word washes you. Worship forms the cloud, your personal cloud, that's going to cause him to step out and come, come get you. And the tithe and the offering brings you into funding with creative ideas, witty inventions. Like I said one time, and the Lord said that, uh, that it, there's, no, there's not going to be millionaires in, the, in their portfolios anymore. It's going to be what? YouTube millionaires. Some, God gave somebody a creative idea for YouTube. You see? The devil can't think. The devil has no wisdom. That takes wisdom. And how's the church going to be made manifest to the principalities, powers, and rulers of darkness? Through wisdom. Through the manifold wisdom of God. Because it takes wisdom to have wealth. And the tithe unlocks you for that. And the offering empowers you to bring it, to liquidate it, to bring it into manifestation. Amen. Stand up and raise your hands and close your eyes. I'm going to say a prayer. And God's going to release this thing tonight. Turn the music up a little bit. Lord, I thank you right now. I thank you for your presence. I feel your presence. <laughs> I thank you that you have a body right here in this place that wants to get it right, that wants to do what you've asked them to do, that you have a body right now. And you said if I release this message, that you would release the debt. I feel it already. Hey, my Oh, he's releasing it right now. He's releasing all debt. Debt to the tithe, debt to the offering. He's releasing it now in Jesus' name. My
Oh, masaka da bakata. Sweep through them, Lord. Sweep through them, Lord, with freedom. Free them up in understanding in this, Lord. Write it on their hearts and their minds. I thank you. Right now. In Jesus' name. How many of y'all felt that? You felt it. He will back up anything you teach if he gave it to you. I felt that thing go. I didn't even have to pray before it started coming out. Just opened up my mouth. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Praise God. Man, you're going to see some changes now. And for those who have t paid your tithe and is still locked up, now get your offering in place. And that anointing will come on you and bring what's unseen and liquidate it into the natural. This last sign is going to come to pass. It's written in the book. It's written. He said this kingdom will be preached to the outermost parts of the earth. And it's the last sign. Everything else has been met. Praise God. Hallelujah. Give him a big shout of praise. Hallelujah. 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 Thank you, Lord, for your forgiveness. Thank you, Lord, for your power, your presence tonight in Jesus.